Hello and welcome back to Ethically Sourced, a supplement to the Black Doctors podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Bradley, your host. So excited that this is the first episode of season four. Technically, it's season two of Ethically Sourced, but the Black Doctors podcast is entering its fourth season and has been around for one year. So a lot of stuff to celebrate. A lot of stuff's been going on in the news lately, especially when it comes to healthcare, in terms of who's actually providing care, what is the state of our medical system, is it still patient-centered? Is it still physician-led? What role does everybody play within today's modern healthcare system? The next article is in the Journal of the American Medical Association, uh, 2021. It was published online May 28th. It was authored by Dr. John Beasley, Dr. Richard Roberts, and Dr. Alan Goral. The article is entitled, Promoting Trust and Morale by Changing How the Word Provider is Used. Encouraging specificity and transparency. This is a hot button issue. I know on Twitter this blew up. There's an anesthesiologist who was working one day and was referred to as a provider, anesthesia provider, and he simply commented on Twitter that he requested that he be called an anesthesiologist. I think is how the story went. And I think the nurse reported him, and, and it essentially became a big mess on Twitter, and everybody was upset. Some called this anesthesiologist arrogant because. He demanded to be called his title, I guess. So um, every day, you know, the word provider is getting tossed around or um, different terminology, physicians, physician extenders, mid-levels, mid-level providers. Um, You know, some CRNAs are demanding to be called nurse anesthesiologist. And then we have the recent uh, decision by the uh, PAs to become physician associates as opposed to physician assistants. So every day these words are changing. I think it's so critical that we work towards specificity and transparency in the terminology that we use because, believe it or not, patients are easily confused. It's hard to navigate our healthcare system. We need to do as much as we can to make it simple for our patients to know who is providing their care because ethically, that's what they deserve. They deserve transparency. So we'll jump into this article. I'm going to read this. Promoting trust and morale by changing how the word provider is used encouraging specificity and transparency. Use of the term provider in healthcare originated in government and insurance sectors to designate healthcare delivery organizations. In 1965, Medicare began using provider for entities qualifying to receive Medicare reimbursement. Over the years, the use of the term has expanded to include an ever-enlarging set of individual healthcare professionals who qualify for payment, especially those in primary care in addition to institutions, for example, hospitals, clinics, treatment centers, and third-party payers. As such, the term has become part of everyday language in healthcare delivery, for example, the popular use of the phrase primary care provider. While convenient and a source of pride for some, such use also poses risk for unintentional and potentially detrimental consequences. The word provider comes from the world of commerce and delivery of commoditized services. It makes no reference to professionalism or to trusted therapeutic relationships. The personalized, important nature of healthcare depends on trust and professionalism, with the expectation that clinicians will place the needs of those they serve ahead of their own and those of their organizations. When used to designate those who care for patients, provider has the potential to suggest that patients are mere consumers, serviced without commitment to professionalism. This could foster distrust in the healthcare delivery system, which is an emerging problem. Most patients do not want to be seen as consumers. 
While some contend that patients might be empowered and well-served by acting as consumers who can shop around, this is not what patients report they want, especially in primary care, where the ongoing relationship with a trusted individual professional is a critical part of perceived quality. Being referred to as a provider may feel offensive to dedicated health professionals who find the name devoid of any reference to their professionalism, level of training, or unique contribution to care. The generic designation can produce a disparaging and demoralizing effect. This is especially problematic in the increasing number of specialties that make use of team-based care, in which each member serves a special role and makes a much-valued and often unique contribution to care. Imagine how members of a professional football team would feel being referred to only as football providers. When used by clinical practice managers and system leadership, this linguistically insensitive behavior devoid of a professional's title is perceived as a lack of respect, which could threaten professional satisfaction and commitment. In addition, the term provider is ambiguous and confusing both for professionals and patients. At the system level, it does not make clear whether the reference is to healthcare professionals or an entity, practice, hospital, delivery system, or third-party payer. At the patient and family levels, it leaves unclear who is caring for them and what are their roles, responsibilities, and competencies. Compare and contrast this with the requirements of the clinical teaching setting in which the designations and roles of all participants, attending, resident, student, are clearly specified. For these reasons, use of the term provider should be limited to its original meaning of designating organizations that deliver healthcare, but even with that use, specific terms for the organizations are preferred. For example, hospitals, clinics, treatment centers. If a broad, generic term is needed to describe individuals who deliver patient care services, then clinician or healthcare professionals should suffice. Better yet is to use precise and respectful language that specifies the titles, roles, and responsibilities of the professionals being referenced, a practice typically carefully followed by journalists and in the clinical teaching setting. This recommendation applies to professionals working in teams or independently, as they have specific, nameable roles in both settings. Physician, resident physician, nurse, advanced practice nurse, physician assistant, and many others. Changing language away from provider will require effort and expense, including rewarding of regulations, policies, and electronic health record interfaces. Failure to change now could potentially increase the likelihood of greater dissatisfaction, confusion, and expenses in the long run. To accomplish this, professional societies should take a leadership role acting within their mandate to promote and uphold standards of professionalism. Many societies have existing policy statements regarding use of the term provider, but need to engage in concerted and coordinated efforts to replace this term when used to refer to healthcare professionals. However, Efforts by medical societies to remove the term from daily use should not be viewed as an attempt to downplay the well-deserved recognition the team has afforded other practitioners for whom provider means they can now bill independently for their work. Rather, it represents a call for enhanced recognition of all healthcare professionals. It is an effort that all professional societies should endorse. Professional societies should adopt these changes in language as universal professional standards and implement an action plan to apply them, starting at the national level and also involving state and local entities, industry, and ultimately individual practices. Initially, this effort will need to be educational, articulating the rationale for a more appropriate professional lexicon. Engagement by the professional societies could include reaching out to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, insurance companies, state legislatures, delivery networks and practices, even enlisting the help of electronic health record vendors. 
Medical journal editors have been helpful in this effort and should be supported by the professional societies. Some may argue that replacing the term provider is a frivolous exercise given the many other pressing issues for healthcare. Yet the demonstrated personal and career sacrifices of and renewed appreciation for healthcare professionals during the COVID-19 pandemic offers an opportunity to correct language used to refer to them. Doing so may bolster trust in physicians and other healthcare professionals in their organizations and help rebuild the resilience so desperately needed at this time. Language matters when it comes to people feeling respected and achieving their full potential. And use of precise terms referring to healthcare professionals could have positive effects for patients, professionals, delivery organizations, and the entire healthcare system. Again, this article was written by Dr. John Beasley, Dr. Richard Roberts, and Dr. Alan Goral. It was entitled Promoting Trust and Morale by Changing How the Word Provider is Used. It appears in the Journal of the American Medical Association, published online May 28, 2021. I love the way the authors really summed up this topic. It's so hard to have this conversation on social media where things can get nasty pretty quickly and people don't really hear each other because of the echo chamber. But the authors of this paper bring out fantastic points that we have to induce transparency into the system. The parallel they made of the medical education system where as an attending physician, I'm very clear when talking to my patients that I'm working with a resident physician or this is the medical student or this is the family medicine intern. So they know who is providing care to them. And that term provider is too generic. You know, if, if I use the term provider and myself and my residents are all providers, like the patient doesn't know who is in charge of medical care. Same when it comes to nurse practitioners or PAs. They worked very hard for those degrees and patients should know who is providing their care. I think, uh, you know, for myself, a couple years ago, I realized or heard not sure where I learned it from that mid-level was considered offensive by um, non, non-physician clinicians, whether PAs or nurse practitioners. And, you know, I eliminated it from my vocabulary. So on the other, other side, you know, as someone who finds the word provider inappropriate, um, you know, it would be great to kind of have that same courtesy extended. I know I'm working to instill that within the residents that I work with. I use very appropriate, very specific terminology and uh, don't allow uh, the residents I work with to use the term provider, at least in their conversation with me, but that's all I can control. So what do you think? What are your thoughts about this provider debate? Um, really not trying to go viral on this topic, but it seems like every time you touch on this, it blows up. Um, love to hear your thoughts. If you have any questions or comments, please visit our page on Apple iTunes, where you can leave a rating or review. Go ahead and do that if you haven't already. It really helps our show to grow and get out there. Visit our website, theblackdoctorspodcast.com. If you, want to know where if you want to know more about me, you can visit my website, stephenbradleymd.com. I have a couple of resources there and then um, on social media and Twitter as well. Thank you so much for joining for this episode of Ethically Sourced. Hopefully you learned something and you can apply something to your medical practice and continue to provide equitable and ethical care to your patients. Tune in Monday for another episode of the Black Doctors Podcast episode two of season four, we're going to hear from an obstetrician and gynecologist who has transitioned into an entirely different practice model where she's helping physicians become leaders 